Welcome to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. I am James Ham, and joining me, Mr. Doug Christie. What's up, DC? What's happening, Hamster? All is well, sir. Uh, happy New Year to you. I don't know that we talked in the new year, but uh, here we are. Yeah, you know what? We're going to make a concerted effort. Uh, it, it, my New Year's resolution this year was to get the podcast back up and going. I apologize to all the folks out there who uh, who are faithful listeners of the podcast, um, but I don't know if you've noticed between the My Teams app and the uh, the website, but I've been writing a little bit, Doug. Like, like I don't know what <laughs> I, I don't know what to call it. Um, it I could call it wordsmithing, but then I don't think that would actually capture it. Uh, yeah, the the new like sort of corporate uh, idea is for james to write uh 500 stories per month and not really but uh it feels like it sometimes and so doug uh my brain power hasn't been there to not only find guests but record podcasts and then edit podcasts um so i apologize people i love the podcast as much as everyone else does it's something that I, it's one of my babies that I brought to NBC Sports uh, that I've had for a long time. So so we're going to get to the show, uh, but I just want to make sure everyone knows that uh, we are back. Uh, I, I promise this time we're back. We're going to have the podcast weekly. Uh, Doug is going to join me, and we'll get guests and everything else. But, uh, Doug, the Sacramento Kings are a shocking 21-21, and 21, and they could be a shocking, like, 24 and 18 <laughs> um what are you seeing from this team i guess that makes you smile and what are you seeing that uh that drives you absolutely bonkers well the the smiling part i, I would say final that you and i have we podcasted car casted and i've told you we've talked about it many times is uh what is sacramento kings basketball and i think that the fact that that is um defined as far as the speed the ability to get up and down the court um uh, that in and of itself makes me smile um what what kind of makes me pull out my eyebrows because that's all the hair that i have left <laughs> is the, you know, the inability to close the games, um, and it's hard because you got to pair it with the fact that if they're a year ahead, closing a game is always the last thing. So actually, they're two years behind in closing the games. If that makes, if my math makes sense to people out there, this is like one of the last pieces of the puzzle that comes, and uh, it, it just it, that is a bit frustrating for me is understanding time and score and penalty and situations and things like that. So really, and, and I'm nitpicking because with where they're at, I am so happy. I, uh, I, I am proud to be a part of it and watch it. And I know Sacramento Kings fans are proud as well. You know, Doug, we're going to cover a bunch of different topics here, but uh, one of the things that I want to talk to you about specifically um, is your call. Uh, which game was it? The Bogdanovich 
uh the bogdanovich like, shot yeah okay and, and that uh that call of of that moment has gone viral i know i saw uh, i saw the video last night just our version of the video and it was over two million views um that's crazy mm-hmm. talk i mean it's absolutely spectacular but um that night I went back into the media lounge uh, and the media room where I was, you know, where I do my work at night, and I I rewatched the call because, of course, I don't get to see the call. I I'm up writing um, on the set and and I'm watching the game as I look down. Um, but I I instantly reached out to Grant, uh, and then I reached out to you the next morning about just how good that call was. I uh, I thought that you guys. You had the moment, uh, you know, Grant bursts out with with Bogdanovich, uh, but then he let the crowd tell the story for 12 seconds. I actually watched the video and counted down the ticks, 12 seconds. Um, Spectacular call, Doug, and I I think having the camera there to add another element to it of you guys, like your playfulness, and I I guess, number one, what was it like to make that call? And number two, just how much fun are you having? Because it sure does look like, you're having the time of your life calling those games. Well, I am because I, I want to see this King uh, King's team do something that we, we weren't able to do, and to watch them begin to get back to that level, in my opinion, is is, is about as joyful as I can possibly get. Uh, the call itself was. Um, a little redeeming at the same time because I'm learning as, as I go along here. And uh, De'Aaron dunked one time, and, and I kind of stepped on Grant, and it just it, it absolutely killed me because, you know, him and I, and I, I try to learn, and I want to be good at what I do. And uh, Grant is I, – I think Kings fans understand just how good Grant is. Grant is, is the best in the business, and – when he raises his hand, he's always told me that just, you know, that means pause, hold up, let let the crowd speak. And it's not anything disrespectful. It's just, and he knows. So I, I follow his lead in that regard. And when he did it, I, I knew right when Bogey was going to shoot it, um, shut the hell up. <laughs> That's what I knew. But I, it, it's hard because as a fan, I want to react like I would react at my house and I would have just started hollering and, and, or if I would have been on the sideline with them and Grant did a fabulous job because you're right. The ability and you know, five seconds of dead air is like forever, 12 seconds. That's an eternity, man. And it was for me. And I think for Grant as well, it was incredible to, to vibe in that situation because um, it, it seemed like um, almost some frustration released by the Sacramento Kings faithful. You know, they, they've gone through a lot and to hit a game winner and then it just to be the Lakers. I think I just add the cherry on top of it. Uh, so happy for bogey. And it was, um, it was a lot of fun, Ham. It, it's really hard to put into words. I, I think, to to be honest with you, the best way to sum that that all up is just to shut up and listen to the crowd because that said everything. You know, Doug, it's it's funny when you uh, when you put on a media hat, and I mean, your job is different. It you're you're there as a uh, as a color analyst. You're there as I mean, you can have some fandom, um, but as a writer. Uh, and as a media member, we're not allowed to. We're not allowed to high five. We're not allowed to fist pump. We're not allowed to celebrate. 
Um, your your job is to remain impartial and to remain stoic, uh, which is which is really strange. But you know, if I'm sitting at home watching a, a football game, or if I'm sitting at home watching a baseball game, and something incredible happens, I, I celebrate. And to not be able to do that is is uh it's very difficult and just because it's an amazing moment regardless of who did it it's an amazing moment to watch and to see happen um and and i know i hear it from some kings fans but i think others maybe can understand it this way but when the kings win i i tweet out kings win period uh no exclamation points no going crazy uh that's my way of of almost mocking the fact that I'm not allowed to celebrate wins and losses, uh, that I, yeah. I just have to basically be as impartial as I can. Um, of course, that night I think there was some exclamation points because it came out of nowhere, and I did not think they were going to win that game. Uh, where other games where they even lose, you think they're going to win that game. I don't know. There was just something about it that I did not think that they were going to win. And it was a, an incredible moment. So, so Doug, I want a hat tip there that for you, I, I thought you guys were spectacular and I'm glad you got to, I, I agree redemption because fans can be hard and you are learning on the job and you're learning in a job where you're out in front of everybody. And I, I went through it, uh, learning how to be on TV and it's not easy and people can be rough. Uh, but what they need to learn is that, uh, we're just people who are, you know, doing the same thing they are. Yep. We're watching a basketball game. We're we're trying to get some enjoyment out of what we're doing, and, and we're watching a basketball game. And we just happen to do it for a living. Um, that leads me to another thing that uh, another topic that um, I think we we should take on, Doug, and that is Willie Cauley Stein and. Uh, Willie Cauley Stein, we've talked about you know whether he's more consistent. We've talked about whether he's he's figuring it out. We've talked about his "I want to get paid" comments. Uh, I don't think we talked about his comments about the hundred million dollars for getting twenty five rebounds or twenty four rebounds a game uh, that he had about Andre Drummond. I mean uh, DeAndre Jordan and Stephen Adams. Um, but Willie has a tendency to open mouth insert foot uh but doug the fans have turned on him and i know you see it i know i see it it's not pleasant to to watch so it's uncomfortable for me to see how badly the fans have turned on him and i think sometimes willie deserves it because he he does say things that he wishes he could take back or maybe he doesn't and maybe he just doesn't know any better but he uh he definitely has found a way to get under the skin of some Kings fans who have found a way to express their displeasure through social media. What are your thoughts on that? Because you're someone who, you know, I mean, we've all taken criticism, but to have like everyone heap on and jump on the anti-Willie bandwagon, for me, it has been difficult to watch. You know, I, I think it's unfortunate because really, in my opinion, the only thing that Willie has done is said some things that probably weren't wise. And if he could take them back, he, he may uh, he may not. But, uh, you know, a lot of times you want honesty from from athletes and then they give you the honesty and then you're not happy with what what you hear from from a guy. Other than that, take that away. Willie has been really good. 
he has. There's been some games where he hasn't played well, but they have been few and far in between. And that's what I think. I don't know what Kings fans expect from Willie Colley Stein, to be honest with you. Last night, 14 points, 14 rebounds, five assists, three turnovers, two block shots. Uh, I mean, he was four for six from the free throw line, five offensive rebounds. The game before that, uh, down in Phoenix when they, they blew the game, three of the most incredible plays back to back to back two blocks and a steal and when Willie is locked in and he's playing that way he is he is the new millennium center in the NBA which is now he doesn't shoot the three ball but his ability to uh, block shots cover ground grab rebounds he's learning how to tip the rebound out now which is something that uh, I, I don't think it fans are like well why isn't he doing that's a a learned thing because most times coaches want you to grab the damn rebound grab it with two hands well now you're seeing Tyson Chandler you're seeing Steven Adams you're seeing these guys who've become very adept at I can't get it but you can't get it but let me give my team another opportunity and they they bat it out and he's he's learning how to do that so uh there's not a lot that Willie Colley Stein can't do but it's what is he going to focus on, and what is he going to become efficient at? If the, last night at 14 points, 14 rebounds, five assists, and two block shots, if if that's going to be what you give every single night, hell, sign sign me up because that right there is exactly what you need. The five for ten was mostly lobs, pick and roll opportunities, still offensive gave you something on the offensive end it was mostly created by others and the defense i mean the rebounding was solid because you're getting nine on the defensive backboard which lets you know that you're ending the the possessions with the rebound and then you're creating five more opportunities on the offensive side so um I, I, listen, I, I don't subscribe to what a lot of fans subscribe to. I understand their frustration sometimes, and sometimes I don't because I, I know basketball, and I see Willie can be frustrating sometimes because when you have the size, the, the athleticism, the, the physicality, and then you don't use it every single time, that can get frustrating. I get it. But he has been way better than any other time in his career this year, and he is trending in the right direction, in my opinion. Yeah, he's uh, set new career highs as of right now in points, rebounds, assists, steals, minutes played. Come on. Uh, Yeah, I I think his block numbers are a little low, but I think the the funny thing is about the block totals – He's actually averaging a little under his career averages, but in all honesty, he's never been a shot blocker at the pro level, which um, I think everyone thought he would be and is frustrated that he's not. Um, But at the end of the day, you know, if he's not a shot blocker, he's not a shot blocker. It is what it is. So my thing with this is like, look, I I fully believe the fans are allowed uh, within reason to to say what they want to express their feelings to to be in as engaged as they want i just will point out that if that what is your end game when it comes to willie collie stein and the vile and hate that you're throwing at him uh because if you're hoping for the sacramento kings to be successful this season and if you're a kings fan i i assume that that's what you're looking for um you do need to look uh at what what you're saying and and how it could affect somebody and whether or not you think that that will negatively affect them or positively affect them. And then 
you know, maybe act accordingly. Because to me, I've seen Kings fans fall in love with draft picks and fall fall out of love with with players. Um, but the sort of the way that this has turned with Willie, to me, um, I think it's gone a little too far. And uh, I think, you know, again, as a fan, you're allowed to, to do what you want um, within reason. But uh, at the same time, I just you gotta you gotta think am I doing damage here and um I've seen Willie behind the scenes and I actually think that uh he is reading a lot of it he is feeling a lot of it he's a guy who I think when he talks about wanting to get paid um he he doesn't mean it the way that he means it that he says it he he's trying to say I'm gonna do what I have to do to to be one of those players and and those players get paid but I've got to do what I, I'm going to do what I'm going to the best I can to go get that money. Uh, it just doesn't always come out the right way. So my point of view, Doug, is maybe give Willie a little bit of a break and see if that helps. Uh, and, you know, the Kings are going to have a huge decision to make with him this offseason. I do not think he will be traded at the trade deadline. Uh, I, I think he will be a Sacramento King until we get to restricted free agency. And then we'll have to see how much someone throws at him. And whether the Kings decide to match or not, or whether the Kings just extend a contract to him, um, but there's a possibility that he's a King for another four years, and so that would be my point of view. Like, where are you going with this, Kings fans? Um, and you know, we talked to De'Aaron Fox about it in the locker room last night, and he said, "Look, you've got to be crazy to do this. To, like, not everyone gets to be an NBA player, but also not everybody goes through what we go through and has to see what we go through and has to." read and feel the way that we are you know that you're in a fishbowl and so I, I just think it's a it's an interesting thing and Doug I know you you've had to deal with a lot of this in in your career and outside of your career and now as a commentator um, so I just figured it was a it was good food for thought right absolutely and uh, I think you said it really well there that what Willie is saying is different than what Willie is meaning and his intentions are not anything selfish. in, in my opinion, it's, it, it's what, what you do your job. It's it, part of it is the monetary compensation that you are, are getting, but at the same time, um, you, you, everyone doesn't have a microphone in front of them. And then the, the criticism. Now I will say this, it comes with the job. You got to be tough skin. You got to go out there and figure out a way to get it done. And to Willie's credit last night, he absolutely did. Kudos to him. You are listening to the Kings Insider Podcast on NBC Sports California, brought to you by Wendy's. Your local Wendy's just got closer because now they deliver. Download the DoorDash app and Order your favorites like the Baconator, spicy chicken sandwich, maybe a baked potato. Wendy's will deliver when the craving hits the DoorDash at participating locations for a limited time. Smud is rolling out time of day rates. While you'll pay more during peak hours 5 to 8 p.m., you'll pay less the rest of the time. You can control your bill by reducing use between 5 p.m. and 8 p.m. weekdays. Learn more at smud.org slash time of day. All right, so we're going to talk about a positive, uh, and, and that to me is what we're seeing out of Harry Giles, Doug. Um, I think mm-hmm. number one, uh, all of us played into it, um, and I don't blame I don't blame us because uh, it, it's what we were hearing, what we were seeing in little snippets. Um, but the hype machine 
really, really got cranked up when it came to Harry Giles. And I think a little bit of his struggles early on were him trying to live up to the hype that he had placed on himself, that maybe the Kings had placed on him, maybe the media had helped expand. Uh, and I'll take full blame for part of that. I mean, I've taken plenty of videos of Harry Giles doing something extraordinary at the end of a practice that looked really cool and I thought fans would like. Um, but we're starting to see a 20-year-old young man calm down and figure out how to play at the right speed to be an NBA player. And to me, it's super fun to watch. He still makes mistakes. He still does crazy things. Uh, but Doug, he's been so good over the last, I don't know, week and a half, two weeks. You know, Ham, I'll, I'll probably take the most, uh, of that blame for the hype machine. But the problem is I still don't believe it's hype. (laughs) That's, that's the issue. Uh, I saw him in North Carolina last year on, on, in during practice. And I, I think you and I potted about it that one of the most incredible passes that I had saw from a young player, he jumped up in the air and all, all at once threw a backdoor pass. Most of these guys on the Kings team, now they're ready. Now they're looking, but they don't, they don't see the game the way that Harry sees it. They don't see that uh, their guy just has their back to Harry and Harry is looking directly at them and he throws them the basketball. That's exactly what you're supposed to do. And the fact that he sees the game that way, it is, it's special. Uh, he reminds me a lot of Webb when he catches the ball at the elbow and he's got his big paws on it and he's putting it under his chin and he's kind of flexing a little bit back and forth and guys are moving around and then he sees the late pass that nobody else sees. And those are the type of things that Harry Giles can do. And he really hasn't even brought the offensive part of his game, meaning that 17 to 20-foot jump shot from the top of the key from the free throw line. Um, because what's going to happen is as guys are cutting off and he fakes that pass, his guy is going to drop off a little bit. And when when he starts to pair those things together, and then the next step after evolution after that is after he fakes the pass, he fakes the shot, his guy comes, now he pump fakes and he puts the ball in the deck and he dunks on everyone. And it's just going to be like, what just happened? And I, I believe we're, we're beginning to see it. And I don't, I don't necessarily call it the a hype train it's i see the talent the kid actually can do everything that i just said that he can do he can actually do it whether he's able to do it on the court or not ultimately is up to him but we're starting to see him deliver it at a extremely high clip when he gets on the floor it's not a mistake now i mean now when they pass him the ball those guys know to cut and he's looking for them uh, defensively is where I'm really, really impressed because last night against a guy, Andre German, who outweighs him probably by 50 or 60 pounds, normally him, we've seen him get in foul trouble. Last night he absorbed a bump and blocked the shot using his quickness, length, and athleticism. That is high-level stuff right there because he's going to be outweighed. How do I navigate that? He's starting to defend the post passes. Like what I always say, guy can't score if he can't catch it. Well, now instead of allowing a guy who outweighs me by 70 or 60 pounds to catch the ball and then bang the hell out of me when he passes the ball to him in the post, I'm just going to steal the damn thing before he even gets it. These are the things that Harry Giles can do. I am so uh, – 
that's what I mean, like proud. It's almost like a, a, a parent. I'm just, I'm so happy and excited for him, for what he's been through and proud of, uh, this is where, uh, Pete isn't here anymore. Pete Youngman, uh, trainer of the Kings, and Vlade Divac, who made this decision to draft him and then pump the brakes and say, we're going to take a whole year and we're going to develop you and we're going to allow you to get healthy. Those are the little decisions that I think go unnoticed and uh, just just really, really proud and excited for Harry, man. You know what? It's funny you say you kind of feel that way. If you've been around him at all, he has a spirit to him that you're just pulling for. You are. I mean, you can't help it. He, yeah. He's such a good kid. He's got such a big heart. Um, but he's also, the first thing out of all of his teammates' mouths is like, oh, well, Harry's really confident. And he has a strut to him that I, I dig. I think he's super fun. I think he's got some personality. He's got an attitude. Um, and I'll also point this out. The Kings don't have another player that they just throw out there and go, hey, we're going to run the high post through you. They don't. Uh, yep. they, they have a couple no. of guys who do slip screens. They have a couple of guys who set picks. Uh, they have a couple of guys that they'll throw the ball to at that high post and say, okay, go ahead and score from there. Uh, but you put a 20-year-old out there with who hasn't played the game for almost three years, and then you just say, okay, we're going to run the entire offense through you for four minutes. Go. I I think it's yeah. it's stunning what he's able to do. And you know what? I, I don't know how much praise we can keep heaping on Dave Yeager and his staff, but it's not just De'Aaron Fox and Buddy Heald who have had breakout seasons. We're seeing the incredible improvement in Justin Jackson. We're seeing Harry Giles figure things out. We're seeing Marvin Bagley figure things out. Now look, these guys are all super talented players. They are. They're they're you know the cream of the crop. There is a reason why it was like a an, you know the movie Blue Chip when the Kings had the 2017 draft, uh, where they they just like chose guys that were from big name colleges. So these guys can play, but their development at the NBA level, Doug. I mean, this team is winning with they're they're babies that's what they're winning with they're not winning they're not relying on Iman Shumpert they're not relying on Nemanja Bielita to save them every night it's Bogdanovich it's Heald it's Fox it's Justin Jackson uh it's Harry Giles it's Marvin Bagley it's the young core of this team that is coming out and actually doing the job every single night and helping this team come come away with wins um, I, I guess, where are you at with what this coaching staff has done and how much praise do they deserve for what we're seeing? I, I think it's it's spectacular because we hadn't seen a coaching staff develop players, uh, this many young players. Normally you have a rookie, you bring in a G League player and you, you try to work with them. You know, if the G League player gets called up, fantastic. If the rookie starts to develop great if not you know it's two or three years normally it is and you can tell you know uh, Larry Lewis coach Bob Thornton uh you know all of the the, the coaching staff that that works with these players on a day-to-day basis they they come in they put their work they watch video with them uh you know ET I, I see him out there um I don't uh, Coach Tick, I don't want to leave any of the coaches out because yeah, Jason I, March, I think it yeah. would be a travesty. Jason March, Phil Ricci, and, uh, yeah, and one more. Yep, 
uh, well, of course, my my good friend Bobby Jackson. But there's one more coach Brian that Gates. I'm leaving out. I, yeah, Brian, Brian Gates. Gates. And yeah. I, I don't want to do. I don't want to leave anyone out because they all deserve the credit. And it's um, it, it's a team effort, and I'm I'm glad to see it. Now you pair that with what Coach Yeager is doing and his willingness to uh, open up an offense and say, "Okay, guys, go." And we just in this last couple of games, we're finally seeing the, tur- the turnover bugs start to nip them. But before that, it, it's impressive for the Kings to play at the pace that they play at him and not turn the basketball over. So, so to that, I say, Coach Yeager, uh, coaching staff, well done, sir. Well done. Yeah, I would say that a little bit what we're seeing, I believe, is a little bit of mental fatigue. Um, that's going to be the first thing that I would point out. Um, secondly... I think guys like Buddy Hield and De'Aaron Fox, who have not taken a night off the entire season, Willie Cauley-Stein, they have not taken a night off at all. Um, and, you know, Doug, uh, something else I would point out. I think you and I both had some concerns that De'Aaron Fox would be an injury-prone guy, that he would not play through injuries, that, um, you know, maybe he wasn't uh an 82 game guy maybe he was a 70 to 75 game guy at the nba level um my goodness he just keeps coming back and he's been beat i mean there was a game he took against the warriors uh last weekend he took a i thought was a dirty dirty knee to the thigh uh from kevon looney early in the game and he went down then he went down to the other end of the court once he got up and got slapped in the face and needed stitches in his right eyelid. And then he comes out the next game and he said, man, this is the best I've felt in, in weeks. And I just sat there like, how is this the best you've felt? You've been absolutely beat senseless. He's a, a guy who's shown me resiliency that I didn't think he had. Man, this, this is this is my guy here, man. Let me let me tell you. Um, you. You just mentioned first of all the last guy to knee me in the thigh. We got in a fight in the basketball game. So just let let me tell you that hurts and it's nothing to play with. But I pointed out on the telecast and we didn't really go into it a lot. And you and I being in the car casting and we talked about the very first, uh, not the very first, but one of the first preseason games De'Aaron Fox played, he goes to the hole, he gets knocked off his equilibrium, he lands on his back really hard and he sits out a couple games. Do you remember that? Yep. Yeah, well... Now he gets knee in the thigh, and the other night it was just because these are the things that I would do, and I, I, it, it's such a, a high level. And I, I'm not trying to say, oh, Doug, you're at a high level. That, I, so if that sounded bad, I apologize. Doug, people, you were you're, you're at a high level. Is, you are. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's okay, but the, the, the point is, De'Aaron's going over a pick, and instead of just running into the pick, he puts his hand out, he wraps the guy's leg, which automatically tells him without looking where he has to step over no knee in the thigh smoothly moves over the pick and I just said to myself oh my god this is just I I know it's something little and most fans don't even care but to me and to that is just it's it's incredible man and to watch him do his work these rundowns his defense his uh his toughness ham is it is impressive man i mean we got one i'm telling you this kid right here he is the real deal 
you're you're very excited. I think everyone should be excited about him. Just the way that he plays. And, and I mean, I'm going to say the same thing about Buddy Hield. Buddy Hield has been an absolute monster this year. And you know, yeah. we talked about it on the telecast last night. Uh, I, I can point out. I think he's had three bad games all season long. And outside of that, he's just been so consistent and so good. And he hits his shots. And he's an elite scorer. He's an elite shooter. And I, I believe he's an elite scorer. I think he can average 20 points a game for more than a couple of years here. Um, this is a perfect system for him. But uh, I, I think that young backcourt really has developed. And look, I, I was of the impression and of the understanding that Bogdan Bogdanovich would be the starting shooting guard this year. And I, I know the coaching staff really believed that Buddy Heald was better coming off the bench. I know a lot of people around the team believe that Buddy Heald was better coming off the bench. What he's been able to convert himself into this season is not that. He's a very good starting level, starting shooting guard. Uh, and I mean, so I think both of those guys, they've shown you something, even if Buddy did age a year, strangely. Um, they've showed us something, and I, I think that's exciting for Kings fans as well. Um, now, Doug, uh, we got two other things we're going to talk about, ho- hopefully quickly. Um, but you know, we haven't potted for a while, so we've got to we've we've got to touch on as many topics as possible. Um, number one, uh, the Minnesota situation uh, where Tom Thibodeau is fired, uh, and then the Dave Yeager situation where he is from minnesota his family lives in minnesota uh he went to college in minnesota he interviewed for the job in minnesota and almost took the job back in i think 2014 something like that um i don't what are your thoughts is is dave yeager a guy that uh this season he's shown what he can do and he's shown that he's willing to change his stripes and he's shown that he's you know spectacular out of timeouts and and stuff like that which we already knew um, but is he a guy that you look at and say, um, I want this to be my guy and I need to give him an extension and lock him up? Uh, or is he a guy that you're like, okay, I want to wait and see. And I want to, you know, he's got one more year on his contract and we'll, we'll kind of figure this thing out as it goes. Um, you know, where are you at with him? You know, Coach Yeager, I, I think has been when you say change stripes and different things like that. I think that he's just shown the ability of all the different things that he can do to adapt to a situation, which is impressive, especially at this level with all the stakes that are uh, that are on the table. As far as the Minnesota, it, th- those are the type of things that happen in professional sports. You just you, you can't control them. You don't really know, um, you know, what's in someone's heart and, and if it's in your Part, that's something totally different family and I that's when you throw stuff out the window and you just kind of have to respect if, if something like that was to happen uh, from the standpoint that coach Yeager, what, what impresses me most and, and tells you that uh, coach Yeager can be your guy is these guys play for him they they do they they go out on a night-to-night basis they compete at an extremely high level and i i love to see it because last night uh, against detroit and and make no mistake in my opinion coach Dwayne casey is a hell of a coach but those guys aren't playing for him for whatever reason or they're not playing for themselves i, I don't know what it is but uh when we were losing last year we didn't have that problem Coach Aker got these guys to play. They went out and competed. I told you him, I went to a, a, a practice of Coach Aker's, and what impressed me the most is if 
I was fresh off the streets and I didn't know that the Sacramento Kings were a losing team and had a losing record, you wouldn't know by the practice. And that speaks volumes to me, man. So uh, I, I am I am excited. I am I'm proud only for, for Kings fans, not only for Kings fans, the organization and Coach Yeager for what he's done. And, you know, I, I think that ultimately this gets worked out in some shape, form, or fashion. I don't know exactly how that goes, but uh, Coach Yeager has been spectacular in my estimation, and I, I love what he's done. Yeah, and, and people don't get to see him uh, or or get to know him like I, like Doug has or like I have. And I'll say this too. Um, he's shown to me a lot of personal growth, a lot of growth uh, with his handling of the media, uh, with his handling of people. Um, and so while I think uh, prickly would be a one word to describe him when he first got to Sacramento, um, I, I think that he has really, really grown into uh, the role here in Sacramento as a guy who took on one situation, had that situation literally like crumpled up into a little ball and kicked uh, as far as you can punt something, and then a fresh start you know, in the middle of his contract. And look, Doug, if you really look at it, I probably have the worst win-loss record of any sports writer in the last 20 years. Um, you know, my win-loss record is so bad. Uh, you know, my best season, I've got to see 49 losses. My best season. Uh, you know, and but that doesn't matter. No one keeps track of that. Everyone keeps track of a win-loss record for a coach. So when you take yeah. a team that has DeMarcus Cousins and Rudy Gay and Darren Collison, Ty Lawson, and uh, Omri Caspi, and, you know, you just keep going. I mean, that team, you know, a young Willie Cauley-Stein, but that's not, he's not even playing, you know, Costa Kufis and uh, Aaron Aflalo and Anthony Tolliver. I mean, that's a team you take on, Matt Barnes. And that team turns into... Uh, literally, like uh, it, it, a bunch of freshmen and sophomore in college. In college, uh, that you know you can't walk into a bar with your team, um, and it happens overnight. And then to recover so quickly, to me, it's startling. It's startling how well he's done. And um, I, I think the Kings should really consider locking him up long term. And I think that there's going to be discussions, and I think there's going to be some give and take on both sides. Uh, and some issues that probably that some issues that probably need to be taken care of in order for both sides to feel comfortable. Um, but I think they found the right guy for the right team right now. And at 43 years old, 44 years old, he's a guy that uh, you could have here for a long time if if things go the right way. He could be here for for years. Uh, so um, now, Doug, the last thing we're gonna finish up with uh, there's rumors. And rumors are going to hit this team like crazy over the next three weeks. Uh, they're gonna the Kings are going to be involved in almost every single trade rumor that you can possibly imagine. Um, the first one we've seen this this month is uh, Zebo and maybe some extra for for Enos Cantor. Um, where are you at with that? Would you pull the trigger on that, or you're like, eh, I don't know about that one. 
No, I, I would pull the trigger on that one if I could, because Zebo uh, has been fantastic here. He's he's not playing, and but you're going to get back a guy that is going to play. He's a double-double guy, high percentage at the free throw line, not necessarily a defender, but on a night-to-night basis, you can. He, he's probably going to take Costa Kufas' minutes, which, you know, that's tough, but those would probably be the minutes because normally when Willie gets in foul trouble and you're playing against a stronger center, you're going to throw in uh, Costa to try to nip the tide there. Well, this is a guy who's better offensively than Costa, who's going to rebound probably at the same type of rate uh, as Costa Kufus unless, and be able to sit on the bench like Costa, meaning that if you are going to go with Harry, if you are going to go with um, Marvin Bagley from time to time and allow them really undefinable position, positionless basketball and just play them, you can do that. But you actually now have got a piece that it's an expiring contract obviously but it's an actual serviceable piece meaning that if you if you get into the race this is a guy that actually can help you out so from that standpoint it's it's something that that makes sense for the kings and and i think going forward those are the only type of moves that you do you mentioned uh a a unit and that was uh marvin bagley harry giles uh bogdan buddy and um De'Aaron Fox and I now uh, and I will say this because I didn't say it yesterday I will throw just Justin Jackson into that as, as yeah. well so there's six guys I, I wouldn't mortgage any of that I, I wouldn't mortgage that but any ancillary moves around that that may help you improve free up cap space uh, allow you to make moves going forward uh, I'm all for that if it improves the ball club yeah and for me I'm gonna say the exact same thing Doug Basically, I see that as long as you're not giving up any core piece, which uh, there's no talk of them giving up a core piece, it's really just clearing out uh, Cantor and getting him in a new location. Uh, they would probably take back both Zebo and a guy like Ben McLemore, who's had some nice moments over the last week, but uh, who also you know, isn't really part of the puzzle when you bring him on Shumpert. Now, this has to be part of a bigger plan where this is, right. you know, this is one move. And then you get another move right down, you know, to sure up the the small forward spot. This is a move when you want to go for it. That's what this feels like. And this is why I say yes to Cantor. Uh, besides the fact that he's 26, um, when the Kings get in trouble late in games, they do not have a player outside of Zebo who does not get to play, who you can throw the ball to and count on a basket 60 plus percent of the time. Uh, and that is what Enos Cantor is. Of his like 440-something shots, 270-something uh, of those come within uh, within 10 feet of the rim. Um, he is a dude that absolutely can put the ball in the basket in the post. And so while the Kings are a run-and-gun team, uh, the playoffs aren't necessarily a run-and-gun situation. And you're going to run into times, just like the Kings do all season long, where you need to slow it down and you need to actually get a basket and you need to stop the other team from going on a 7 or a 10 or a 14-0 run. I think Cantor is a, a younger version of Zebo. He's not a, nearly as good a shooter, but he's a younger version that can get you rebounds. He can get you the other things. And if he's playing 20 to 25 minutes a night and he's splitting time with Willie Cauley-Stein, I think it's actually a pretty good deal. Uh, and I would gamble on it. I wouldn't gamble on him long term. He's got some crazy stuff. Uh, I I think Vlade would have to uh, to have some some conversations with brother with brother Hito 
and figure out what's going on in Turkey with this guy and, and clear up a bunch of messy stuff. Um, but I think he's a guy that instantly could improve your team, a guy who's playing for for a contract, who wants to do well, and who's very young and can provide a service that the Kings actually need at this point. So I'm a big yes on, on Enos Cantor uh, because I think it's low risk. So does that all make sense, Doug? Oh, absolutely. And, and he's, he's tough, too. I mean, he's not backing down from anybody. And that kind of answers another one of the questions also is, in, in my opinion, the Kings need a little bit of that chafe, that edginess uh, some some nights so that it wakes everybody up. Uh, I think um, Shumpert brings that. Um, and actually, uh, our point guard brings that, but he doesn't necessarily do it in that way. So if you draw a line in the sand, he has no problem with stepping right up to it. He doesn't necessarily just go all, all out to, to make it happen. But Enos is the guy that's going to draw a line in the sand and bring everybody with him. That's right. All right. So, Doug, we actually did it. We got a podcast. We got a podcast in the books, and it's a long one. We apologize for the length of the podcast. But, you know, these uh, it's a cool medium that gives us the opportunity to really uh, discuss things and, and hash out subjects and to explore them a lot deeper, uh, especially when James is writing, you know, 4,000 uh, words every every like twelve hours, um, and doesn't have the brain power to give you uh, long form journalism. So this is one of those things that I think actually does uh, give you a deeper look into what Doug and I think about specific topics. And um, we're gonna get back to doing them all the time. Uh, I love them. I might even bump up and and start doing them twice a week and, and give you some different types of content once a week and some Doug another time a week. So so Doug, thanks for joining me. Um, do you have any final thoughts, dude? Uh, you know, as always, Ham, um, the only thought that I have is go Kings, my friend. I knew that was coming. I knew it was coming. We got to go Kings on the podcast. Uh, all right. So that's going to do it for this edition of the Kings Insider podcast on NBC Sports California brought to you by Wendy's. We'll be back very, very soon. Thanks for tuning in. You've been listening to the Kings Insider Podcast brought to you by Wendy's. If you haven't already, please visit Apple Podcasts or Google Play to subscribe. And if you like our podcast, give us a rating and a review. We would really appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at NBCS Authentic. We'll be back next week with Doug Christie and another great guest. Thanks for tuning in, Kings fans. We'll see you very soon.